Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 Marvel Image. We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of The Geek Chat, the Silicon Valley Comic-Con episode. I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this podcast. Uh, of course, they know it's a podcast, don't they? Yeah, they, they kind of do. They clicked on it. Yeah, and they can't really see us, so... Well, thank God they can't see us. <laughs> so we're here uh, sitting in the media room uh, at the Silicon Valley Comic-Con, the first one that is that was held... Um, when, what is the date today? I remember. March. Something. But it's the first day of spring. I do know that. So, um, so Rich, what did you think of the Silicon Valley Comic-Con? Well, lots of toys. Some comics for it being called Comic-Con. Lots of um, fans dressed up as different characters. We've seen kids dressed up. We've seen adults dressed up. We've seen dogs dressed up. It's been quite the day. I really didn't know what to expect being the first one. It's 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 not as big as Comic Con, um, but it was fun. I, you know, I found a, a couple Transformers for me. Uh, one thing that I that I kind of enjoyed was was the cosplay. I'm glad that a lot of people do come out and they do the cosplay a lot uh, more readily. Um, I know that. Uh, this uh, this con drew what uh, on Saturday drew about thirty thousand people. Like I don't know how the number for for Sunday. I have no clue where they put all those people. It's jam packed in here, and it's Sunday. That's true. Like I was very surprised uh, that that so many people showed up for the for the first one. I know that C two E two is going on in Chicago, and I know people are like, you know, oh, that's in Chicago. That's like almost on the other side of the world. Um, but there's a lot of people that go to C2E2, and, and I, I thought that it would have a much larger effect upon how many people would be attending this con, and I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel there was a lot of locals. I will say, however, that I do think that East, uh, C2E2 probably uh, took a lot of the uh, talent, that w- uh, the, the, the major uh, industry talent, um, stopped, kept them from coming here. What do you think, Rich? I would agree, and that's why on this special episode, we decided that we are going to highlight and spotlight and talk to some of these independent creators that are just trying to, to make their own uh, mark in the world of comics, and we got to meet a whole bunch of people that we're really excited to introduce you to. I was just imagine, I was just amazed by, by the amount of all-ages stuff that's out there right now, and, and the amount of people who want to just get um, comics in the hands of children. Yeah, we met with one woman who, you know, her book is all ages, and I thought that really is good because the way the mainstream comics are going now with their darker, more violent um, storylines, you know, it seems like every kid wants a Superman, Batman, Captain America, Deadpool comic, but unfortunately those aren't really for them. So we came across a lot of uh, independent creators with all ages stuff. And it really is about getting kids, comics into the hands of kids to help them really read and form their own ideas of what they want to do. And if they create their own comics, I think parents should be way more supportive than they ever have been, especially now. 
Another thing, that, another theme that we uh, found when we were interviewing people was a lot of people are using Kickstarter to fund, a lot of independents are using Kickstarter in order to fund their own projects. And I'm thinking this is an amazing, amazing resource that, that people know about, but I don't think a lot of people are using. Um, a lot of the independents that we spoke to uh, do work other jobs because, you know, you really can't make uh, money as an independent comic book creator. But what I what really um, spoke to me as a creator and Rich as well is that these are people that are just out there that are just doing it, you know, um, that are just out there making these uh, these comics, whether for whatever reason they're making it and they're doing it. You know, there's there's no reason why uh, if you if you have an idea to do a comic, there's no reason why you can't do it. Yeah, and, and we some of the folks we spoke to, they're doing uh, they range from single panel comics to full graphic novels and the one thing like Des said you know the hope is someday you can do a full-time job by making comics but right now we spoke to a lot of people that are just happy to talk about their book and that's why if you ever go to a convention Des and I both really want to tell you support those smaller creators you know their books might be five six ten dollars but you're helping not only them but you really are purchasing something that is art. Like they put their, their all into it. And like he said, we're both creators. So it was really inspiring too. And it made me kind of be like, damn, I want our book here. Like that's one of the things that I, I was like, I want to be here with our table, talking to people, doing a podcast, trying to get the next thing out there. And if anything, what doesn't I try to do every week on the Geek Chat is to get you you know, interested in more than just the big two. We really want to open your eyes up to a, a vast world of all kinds of comics out there. And come to a convention. You know, there's going to be big wow in San Jose. We're going to have the San Francisco Comic Con. And both Des and I are going to be doing live podcasts, talking to more people, trying to get you to come and support their work. So, again, for this episode, uh, we interviewed a ton of creators. And Not a ton, a handful. Well, yeah, we interviewed a, a lot. Of, uh, we interviewed a handful, but still, you know, we we think that you know their work has value, and we really hope that some of you listening to these interviews will will take it upon yourself to contact them and possibly support them and buy a couple of these comics because, from what we're seeing, they were really, 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 really worth it. So I'm here with Katie Shaw, and who are you, Katie Shaw? I am the cartoonist for the comic Dragon Child, and I also design plushies for my story characters. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about Dragon Child. Yeah, so it's a modern-day fantasy. It's appropriate for all ages, and the basic idea is that mythical creatures are all real, but they've been hiding out since the Middle Ages and now want to find a way to integrate into human society. So to do that, they want to find one human child to be their spokesman. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so they're kind of going on a world tour of trying to have this this child kind of like let people know that they're, they're, they exist or? So in the beginning what it starts as is that the dragons all get together and come up with this plan on how they're going to make this possible because they're sick of being in hiding and getting less and less space as the years go by and so they are going to introduce themselves starting with the ones that look more humanish so things like elves and dwarves and gnomes and that kind of thing to not scare her off immediately. <laughs> and then, you know, as time goes by, introduce her to griffins and 
dragons eventually and so on. And then exactly how it's going to happen, they're not entirely sure, but they figure that this is probably their best bet. So they're not going to, say, go on a world tour specifically, but try to do it in a way that is peaceful and not so much, oh my goodness, you guys are terrifying, let's destroy you. Makes <laughs> total sense. Yeah. yeah. Makes total sense. Um, so where did the idea for Dragon Child come from? Well, so we've always been a family that's been super cool with animals. We've, I had horses growing up. We've always had a dog. And so I've always absolutely loved the idea of animals actually having something going on behind their eyes and in, the, in their heads. And so with that, you know, came a love of fantasy through, you know, whether reading books, watching Disney movies, you know, so on and so forth. And so from a very young age, I had this idea of, well, if all these creatures were real, what, you know, how would they live in our world or, you know, could they, frankly? And so I kept toying with all these different stories. Ironically enough, you know, that concept stuck with me from the age of probably, I don't know, six until I was 15 when I finally was able to solidify a main character, which a lot of people say, oh, well, she looks a lot like you. And the reality is, sure, I guess that's kind of true, redhead, redhead. But um, she was the hardest one to actually say, all right, this is who's going to be my spokesperson. And it's not going to be the, okay, she's told, do it, and then she does. She has to find a reason why she wants to, you know, take this on herself and really give it a go. So that's, you know, going to be something that as she learns more and more about who these people are, what they, you know, can attribute to human society, as well as why she should be their friends, you know, even before that. Um, it's going to be a lot of growing up for her and meeting lots of cool things and people. Cool. So, uh, and so you're the writer and the artist. And um, how long did it take you to kind of like get up the nerve to do this? So that's a very good question. So I had the idea and I started writing the story in sophomore year of high school, but it wasn't until my junior year of college that I actually started drawing it in comic form. And I was drawing that whole time, but for whatever reason, I had it in my head that I wasn't capable enough or you know I wasn't able to do my own story justice before that. And I was lucky enough that there was a comic professor who actually was coming by our university and was able to teach a class. I took part in it and then some of the assignments were to actually make a 8 page, 16 page and then eventually a 24 page comic as the final project and being able to prove to myself, hey, you did it. I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well. And so I gave it a go. That sounds amazing. So how can people find uh, Dragon Child? Yeah, so my website is dragonchild.net. And through there, you can actually read the first three issues of my comic. It's all available online. And then there's a link to the store, which if you just want to get there real quick, it's just dragonchild.net slash store. And I have all the issues available there, prints, as well as you can commission artwork and order the dragons. That is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much. Take care. Do you want me to get so I'm here with Brian Hess. And who are you, Brian Hess? I am a comic artist with the uh, independent publisher uh, Action Lab. And what do you do for Action Lab? I work on the book Awake, which is an all-ages title uh, geared toward uh, kids uh, in all ages uh, for... Uh, I'm sorry. No, we continue. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, it's about a girl named Rain who uh, has the ability to uh, communicate with planets. And so in this first arc that we have right now, she is learning uh, how to do that. So, so she can talk to 
a planet. Yeah, she can communicate with a planet. So a planet in this universe is embodied by a creature. And so she uh, approaches this uh, planet, and his name is Gremon. And she has to learn how to control it, because this is a young, immature planet, and it's learning how to deal with uh, everything on the surface. So the, if the creature is being immature or angry, it's reflective on the, on the uh, surface of the planet with uh, floods, earthquakes, fires, stuff like that, droughts, certain things like that. That is awesome. And this is an ongoing series? It's an ongoing bi-monthly series. Um, and actually, on May 7th, which is Free Comic Book Day, we'll have an issue zero. So please go check that out. Uh, it's really cool. It's really awesome. And we are in the middle of... Uh, I am in the middle of drawing the second arc. There's going to be three arcs total. And yeah, we're super excited about it. It's super awesome. It's super fun. And how did you get uh, involved with this story? I... I had this kind of visual story pitch and kind of a run-on sentence that I hooked up with my writer, uh, Susan Benville. Uh, we were working on a project together before that, and we kind of collaborated and put together this uh, little world for the story to take place in. And uh, was it hard to get it uh, picked up by Action Lab? You know, um, we, were, we weren't even thinking about uh, getting published. We were thinking about doing an independent publishing, and we did that. We self-published. Uh, ourselves, the first book, and we were going to do a three-book deal with ourselves. And uh, we met Dave Dwanch at uh, Alternative Press Expo in 2014, and he took our book, and uh, it's history from there. So they talked us into going with them, and it was a really fun idea, and uh, we're really happy we did it. That's, that's great. Uh, so what other books have you done in the past? Uh, I worked for Blue Water Productions on some titles with Vincent Price Presents and Violet Rose. Uh, Susan and I are actually going to be doing another book titled Sonya after we finish Awake. So that's what we're doing after that. Awesome. Uh, hopefully Action Lab, wink, wink, will pick it up. But uh, yeah, we're working on it with them. And uh, where can uh, people find your work? So you can go to Hestunes.com. That's H-E-S-S-T-O-O-N-S.com. Hestunes, like my last name. Uh, and there's a shop there, there's information there, there's media, there's interviews, there's galleries, there's everything. Um, and you can also go to our Facebook page, that's facebook.com slash awakecomic. Or you can go to actionlabcomics.com, there's an awesome new website up. Uh, it has tours for all the artists, and you can uh, buy all this on comicsology.com too. Awesome, thank you so much. Whoa, one more. Just so you all know, we will be having the free comic book day issue of Awake at whatever. So, yeah, are you local? I am from San Francisco, and Susan is from Oakland. That is awesome. Maybe we can talk to you about coming into the store. Doing a signing. So. Awesome. Sure. I would love to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm here with Lonnie Millsap. And who are you, Lonnie Millsap? I'm a cartoonist. I do single panel cartoons, uh, sell them in books. I put out about a book a year. And my next book is going to be titled... I said I could drive, or something similar to that. <laughs> so it, it, it's a work in progress. It, it's done, but I don't remember the title. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally fine. So, so why uh, single panel strips? Um, I like to be able to sort of hit people with one punch and try to get them to laugh if I can. Um, and it's easier to draw than more, multiple panels. Yeah, <laughs> totally makes totally makes sense. And how long have you been uh, been a cartoonist and been drawing? Uh, I've been drawing forever, but as far as cartoonists trying to do it professionally, uh, the first time was, uh, the first book came out in 2010, and I've been doing a book a year since then. 
And are you are you web based or mostly print? I am. I started off as print, but I am web based. Uh, you know, for about the past three years or so, um, I do a web comic, and and uh, uh, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, I post a new comic. And where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find my stuff on LonnieMillsap.com. You can find the books on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. And my work will be on GoComics.com starting at the end of May of this year. So why, why comics? Uh, out of all things you can be doing in life, why comics? It's what I've always loved to do. You know, I, I've always drawn in the borders of my sheets of paper and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's always been, uh, it, it's fun. It's satisfying to get people to laugh, um, you know, just like they are here. You know, they stop and look at all my work. The laughing is very, you know, that's the most rewarding part of it. The money is sort of secondary, but it helps. The money helps, you know. Is this your only pr profession, or do you do something else as well? I actually do something else as well, but I work from home. Uh, I work for a company that's based out of Atlanta, uh, who runs some stores in Atlanta's airport, and I work in conjunction with them. So are you self-taught, or did you go to school to, to learn your craft? I went to... UCLA art school, but not for cartoons. I was the guy in art classes that did not know how to draw fingers well. They always looked like sausages. So I was always the guy that would get B's in class. So I was not, once I graduated uh, college, I just went into regular work, nothing art related. And, uh, you know, after many years of that, I decided to give the book a try. In 2009, I finally published it. And uh, right at the end of 2009, and uh, uh, because I'd been drawing cartoons all those years, and and uh, you know sent it to Barnes and Noble, then it placed a small order, and then after that I just kept making books every year because I didn't want it to go away. That's so awesome that you're just able to like find a passion and say, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Screw that. Screw that. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. That sounds fantastic. So so what are some of your influences? Um, you know, initially, probably when I was young, it was probably, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, Charles Schultz, you know, those cartoons. Later, uh, a guy named Joe Martin, who did a cartoon named Mr. Boffo, that was a uh, uh, single panel cartoonist uh, that appeared in the LA Times when I was young. And it's similar to Gary Larson, Farside, that kind of stuff. Um, getting older, I liked a guy named Gary Panter who was a teacher of mine, he's sort of the, he's considered the, the grandfather of punk rock art, and he worked on Pee Wee's Playhouse and stuff. He did uh, the, the uh, art direction, I believe, and or set design, I, I believe it was. And uh, he was actually a teacher that influenced me uh, to do what I do, really. So. That's, that's really cool. So uh, what's one thing that you would like to leave uh, the listeners with about Lonnie Millsap? Um, you know, to a lot of people, uh, people will like Lonnie Millsap's work, I think. I think it will make them laugh, I'm hoping. And, uh, uh, you know, also, if I can do it, you can. You know, it's, it's not that difficult if you have a good product to, to sort of get behind it. If you want to switch, you know, from a job to your passion, you know, I'm the example of a person who, could, who, who did that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm here with uh, Chuck Whelan, and who are you, Chuck Whelan? Uh, okay, so I'm a freelance illustrator and cartoonist. Uh, I've been 
doing that full time for about 10 years now. Well, actually, since 2008, when I was laid off from a job in advertising. But uh, I've been drawing web comics in the evenings uh, since uh, I don't know uh, the early 90s. And what are you here uh, promoting and selling at the con? Uh, okay, well, I have a, a number of products. I, I do work for uh, different publishers, including Dover Books, and I have a number of pro uh, you know author copies of those I'm selling. But I'm really promoting uh, some of my own works, which is my webcomic Pewfowl, uh, my board game called Legitimacy: The Game of Royal Bastards, and a children's puzzle book called Wizard Pickles. So, tell me a little bit about each of those products. Uh, okay, so while I've been at Pewfell for the longest, uh, I describe it as a semi-autobiographical epic fantasy sitcom. Uh, Pewfell's an inept wizard. He's married to Tina the Warrior Princess, who's extremely competent. And uh, they have a small blue gnome who squats in their basements and makes Pewfell's life miserable. Uh, it kind of focuses more on uh, their day domestic trials and tribulations, but uh, Pewfell usually manages to save the world a few times in between, and I've got uh, five books of that out. A uh, recent one came out just this year after a successful Kickstarter campaign. And is that a, was that a webcomic first? Uh, yes, it's, uh, actually, well, first it was a black and white photocopied zine I was doing in the early 90s. Uh, but it became a webcomic pretty much as soon as uh, there was a web to put it on, yes. So and uh, it became a regular daily strip on uh, moderntales.com sometime uh, around 2000, 2001, I think, and it sort of ran there for a long time as a daily strip. And then since then, I've done it sort of sporadically, and I release it now in uh, comic issues that go up on Comixology and other websites online, yeah. Cool. And, and the, uh, the board game, Legitimacy, tell me about that. Uh, okay, so uh, Legitimacy, it was a, a pet project of mine. I, I always love playing games, board games, D&D uh, &D and other kinds of games. And uh, I thought it would be fun to illustrate board games, so I designed it. First of all, I started designing it as sort of an illustration project. I wanted some nice board tiles and some different cards to do uh, to illustrate. But then I got very into the sort of creating it, and I'd be sort of walking along to work, dreaming up, thinking of how all the different combinations would play off. And uh, I used my son, who was eight at the time, as my chief play tester. Um, and I, I still tend to find that eight-year-olds are like the ones who get most into it and pick it up the most quickly. I mean, adults tend to have a little more trouble and sort of scratching their head because it's rather a, a mean sort of game where the premise is the king has died, uh, left a number of children all over the kingdom, uh, and so you play one of these offspring, such as the Furfoot Princess, the uh, Frog Prince, the uh, Mountain Maid, uh, uh, the Minstrel, a few others, and. Uh, yeah, you're, it's a backstabbing game. You pick up cards and spells and throw them at one another, and it has like a mechanic where you turn from good to evil, uh, so good creatures won't come with you if you're evil, and vice versa. And then the last one is? Uh, so the last one is Wizard Pickles. So I'd been doing a number of search books. I actually did some work on a, a Where's Waldo spin-off, uh, and Martin Hanford, who does Waldo, couldn't work on it, so I was hired by my agency to do that. So that's how I kind of got into doing some search and find kind of spreads. And uh, I got commissioned to do a few books like that, and I had this idea for Wizard Pickles to be a little more, have a little more story and characters and plot to it than the typical search book. So it has and a more of a range of puzzles. I'd done a few maze books for uh, Dover. So, yeah, so Wizard Pickles uh, follows the adventures of young Maisie Pickles. Uh, she's a farm girl, her aunt's a wizard. Uh, it's going to be Picklefest, her aunt's wand is stolen, uh, and they have to recover it in time for Picklefest. Uh, and it just basically goes through uh, adventures. And, uh, yeah, I've self-published it, again, through Kickstarter, and uh, I'm currently shopping around to publishers. I'm in contract negotiations, trying to hold on to my rights to it at the moment, yes. Cool. So where can people find all of your stuff? 
Uh, okay, so I guess my main website is called planetearth.com, uh, U-R-F, uh, also whelan.com, or any of the names of pupil.com, legitimacygame.com, or wizardpickles.com will all take you to the same place. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk to us. You have so much going on. You must be a very busy man. Uh, no, I'm a quiet little hermit. Uh, I live in my basement, well, not basement, uh, ground-level studio in San Francisco where I work all day and uh, just come out once a year to go to cons and tell everybody what I've been doing. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hello, and I'm here with... David Shapiro. Hi, David. No relation, right? To which Shapiro? <laughs> exactly. Um, so... So what are you here selling at the con? I've got the Terra Tempo series, and I've got the world premiere of Blunderbuss Wanderlust, and both of them are written by myself and illustrated by Christopher Herndon. That sounds amazing. So tell me a little bit about Terra Tempo. Terra Tempo is about three kids traveling time, exploring natural history through the ages. It's kind of like Goonies meets Jurassic Park with portals. It's cool. So is it a little bit... What was that cartoon with the uh, Sherman and the dog, and they go through time is that sort of like this or uh, it's got time travel and uh you know all time travel stories are similar in that you are bending the rules of uh physics but um our our kids have a magic map that opens the portals for them and they're able to traverse millions of years to explore dinosaurs woolly mammoths and everything in between so no dogs no dogs okay so tell me about uh wonder wonder bus wonderlust that's an awesome name by the way awesome yeah blunderbuss wanderlust is the uh time travel adventure of Victor Von Vector and his magical blunderbuss gun, which, when he shoots it, kicks him 600 million years into the past. Each subsequent shot kicks him a little closer to home as he goes from geologic era to era, exploring life throughout Earth. Okay, so I'm seeing a theme with your books about time travel and the and Jurassic era. Like, what do you do? Do you do what do you do for a job other than this? Uh, natural history. Yeah. I, yes, that's 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 my background. And yeah, both these stories illustrate uh, making natural history fun again. Um, you know, bringing these themes that are maybe more kind of uh, dusty in the halls of museums and bringing them to life in full color books. That sounds amazing, and I'm I'm really always happy when when people are able to. Uh, bring like education into these comics that way it's not all just the superheroes and stuff like that so I, I applaud you for what you're doing um, so where can we find your stuff we are available bookstores across the nation and online at craigmorecreations.com and are you the writer or the artist I am the writer okay. and who is your artist Christopher Herndon and where's Christopher Herndon at he is walking around the convention he's checking stuff out I don't believe so you guys are taking shifts and yeah, yeah we're taking shifts so uh, do you have anything else in the pipe, or, or is, uh, is the Wonderlust going to be a series? or? Uh, right now, Chris and I are working on a contemporary uh, political graphic novel. But, um, you know, our publishing company, Craigmore Creations, has picture books for younger readers that are all themes of natural history. So, so the whole big production is, is, is this really uh, around this idea of, of like bringing natural history to kids through comics, correct? That's right, getting young kids to read and getting them uh, smart through comics and picture books. So how did you think to do that? I mean, what was the impetus about, about bringing that to the forefront? Um, it was my degree, and I, I had worked with kids in schools and saw that, uh, you know, to give them something to take home and have it be fun and entertaining and compete with the digital age um, was important. That sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to the, the Geek Chat, okay? Yeah, thanks for talking to me. Great. All righty, so I'm here with... Carla Pacheco. Hello, Carla. And so what are you selling here at the con? 
Well, right uh, today I've got Inspector Pancakes helps the president of France solve the White Orchid murders, which is a what looks like a children's book, like in the little golden book style. Uh, but the large print is a children's story that you can read to kids. They apparently love it. In the really fine print, there's a, a really grisly noir. Uh, just a really graphic, hard-boiled detective story, but they both kind of work together. <laughs> awesome. So who is Inspector Pancakes? Uh, Inspector Pancakes is the little dog who flies to France every day to help the president solve crimes. <laughs> um, but it's modeled after my dog, Edison. Uh, he was the, the art inspiration for it. That's awesome. So how does he get to France, aside from flying? Does he use, like, frequent flyer miles? or? He literally, like, it, there's a picture. He flies the plane <laughs> every day, uh, back and forth. <laughs> wow, so, so he's flying, like, a little, like, w propeller and everything. Yeah, a little, little old-fashioned biplane every day. Um, but, yeah, and then some of the other stuff that I have in addition to that are uh, conpology cards, which are little business cards that you can hand out uh, with... Uh, you know, basically apologizing for the awkward situations that we all get into when we're meeting people that we only know from the internet. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. Your Twitter avatar is an anime. Um, I am sorry I was so nervous. It's just that you're really cool. Um, was, I, I'm sorry I said something mean to you on the internet. Uh, and just sorry, I can't believe I said that out loud. <laughs> These all sound very useful. So, so back to Inspector Pancakes. Why did you make, I mean, what was the impetus about making this book? Um, it actually just kind of came organically. I was writing a bunch of different comics and stuff. Uh, and it was just kind of an accident where I'd given my dog Edison a job, which uh, in his backstory was just any time he walked into the room, it was just like, Edison, did you just get back from France? Were you helping the president solve crimes? Um, and we just developed this whole backstory where he was a little dog who flew to France every day. And uh, one day it took a really dark turn as most of the stuff that I make does. So, uh, and from there, it just uh, really took off. We ended up with a lot of great uh, webcomic artists who contributed pinups for the back of it. So, like, Kate Leth, Anthony Clark, uh, Becky Drystadt, Jeff Jacks, uh, all did some really great uh, illustrations. And so it's a, it, it was a Kickstarter last year, and it just it did really, really well. Got a lot of great support off Comics Alliance and stuff. And... Uh, and now it's a book that people can buy and put in their homes, and I'll probably get arrested at some point. <laughs> so how do you pay Edison? Uh, well, I let him live in my house and fart in it, and he gets dog food. So that's pretty much the, the extent of our uh, work-for-hire agreement. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to do this. Lovely to meet you guys. Thanks so much. That's us. Okay, so we're here with Josh Trujillo. Hey, Josh, and uh, where are we now? We are at Silicon Valley Comic Con 2016. And what are you selling here? Uh, I'm selling a variety of things. Uh, I have a fantasy gaming anthology called Death Saves Fallen Heroes of the Kitchen Table, uh, featuring about 40 different artists, and those tell stories about beloved fantasy gaming characters and why they're dead. Uh, so if you've ever played a Pathfinder or Apocalypse World or Dungeons and Dragons, you've probably made a character sheet and lost it or lost the character at some point. 
in addition, I, I self-publish a romance anthology series called Love Machines uh, with different illustrators, and we're doing a Kickstarter to collect the first five issues, color them, and do a fancy hardcover. Wow, so you're all over the place doing all types of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And next month, I will be writing uh, an original graphic novel for Boom Studios for Adventure Time called The Four Castles, uh, and I'm really looking forward to doing that. Cool. So, so where can we find your stuff? My work is available through my website at joshtrujillo.com, T-R-U-J-I-L-L-O. Uh, also, you can pick up Love Machines or Death Saves uh, on Amazon, or I'm sorry, Love Machines is available on Comixology, Death Saves is available on Amazon and Comixology. So tell us a little bit more about your Kickstarter. Um, so I've been self-publishing Love Machines for the past two years. Uh, love Machines tells love stories about technology and how our love lives have always been impacted by the objects and devices we use, uh, past, present, and future. There was a time when bicycles were sexy or dangerous. I think we all kind of cling to our smartphones as if they're a beloved child uh, and kind of things like that. So we're finally getting all of the stories colored and we're, we're expanding on them. We're gonna add some new stories as well if we reach our stretch goals, but it'll be nice to have a fully colored and collected edition. And that Kickstarter goes through April 16th. That is awesome. So aside from all of this stuff, how did you get your start doing you know, comics? Well, I've always been doodling and drawing my own comics. Uh, it just took a while to realize that that was even uh, an option. I interned at Dark Horse Comics and also Arkea Entertainment. Uh, years and years ago, and I, I kind of learned the ins and outs of conventions and meeting people and working with artists. I'm mostly a writer, but I'm trying to expand my illustration skills uh, in, a, in a piecemeal way. And I think like any creative field, it's about building relationships and building a network of peers you can, you can work with, and doing Death Saves, which has over 40 creators, and Love Machines, which has about a dozen of the most talented creators I've ever worked with, uh, has really helped me in that regard. So why did you choose to do uh, an anthology-based approach to telling stories? Uh, part of it is pragmatic. Uh, there's a real expense to doing comics, especially if you're not the artist yourself. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I could make something that would get done. And so shorter stories are a good way to do that. In addition, I have a lot of friends who are, are budding comics creators or maybe, uh, maybe less established than they would like to be. And so by pooling our resources, we're able to make a bigger dent. Sounds awesome. Um, so it sounds great. I cannot wait to, to see what's going on, and we're definitely going to be following your Kickstarter. Anything else you want anybody to know about you and what you're doing? Um, I'm a cool dude, and I have a cool dog, and please check out the Love Machines Kickstarter going on, uh, yeah, all month. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you. All righty, folks, and there you have it. The first ever Silicon Valley Comic Con is in the books. I uh, want to thank everyone um, for taking the time, all the people we interviewed. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to be interviewed by the Geek Chat. Um, and you guys out there listening, you know, please take it upon yourself to, to find out a little bit more about these creators. You know, they're out there, they're making these comics for little or no money, and they're just you know, trying to get their passion out there. So we hope that some of you, you know, take it upon yourself to, to purchase or support or, or just give a shout out, you know, or, or like their book because most of them probably have a Facebook page. So like their stuff and, and see what, you know, if you are so moved, of course, you know, like their stuff and see what's going on. Um, do you have anything to add, Rich? I just want to add that, that every time you go to a convention or you meet someone that's trying to get their work out there, they could possibly 
and hopefully be the future of our medium. Um, we need to support these creators, writers, artists, everything. We need to give them our support because you never know. They could be the next big one. And you never know how much that comic's going to be worth for those that like comic book money, you know. Ching, ching. Uh, cha ching, 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 I should say. Sorry. Uh, okay, that's it. Okay. So I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 Marvel Image. We create our own realities in the words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat.